1: Welcome to another edition of the Dogger Pass Podcast. This is for UFC Fight Night Boston. Reyes versus Wyman Paul Shaughnessy here with Cody Saftik. Back Had after a bad card for me. I can't believe I bet on Mackenzie Dern. I can't believe I bet on cron Gracie. It's like... I'm a Khabib guy. It's just like, I'm a wrestling guy. I like wrestlers. And like, for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I'm going to bet jujitsu people who have never shown me really any sort of wrestling. Policy. Paul,
2: Paul to put you on the spot right here. Cause you used to tell the pe- to people this all the time, but if Sambo was easy, what would they call it? Jujitsu. Well, there you go. You took the coward's way. I can't blame you. I was on cron as well. Uh, yeah, we knew that if these guys couldn't get the fight to the ground, they'd be in trouble. And in the case of both of them, they couldn't get the fight to the ground. And such is life. So let's not look in the past and hopefully get back on. Oh yeah, no,
1: I, I know. I, I had been running well, so I was like, you know, it was, it was a good humbling experience. Be like, you know, that's, don't get out gambling. of your lane. You got to stick to your principles. Anyway, before we get into anything, um, we have a winner announced for this week. He's already won the damn thing. I told Mayo, I was like, this name seems familiar. I was like, oh yeah. Lockport3121 has won before. And he's like, well. He's like, that's, well, people will know that it's a random draw because why would I pick this guy twice? I'm just like, and we were talking about Lockport Gambino Ford. I, dude, that's my know, greasy theory. You, you d- fucking
2: rigged it. You were talking about how much you love Lockport Gambino And then Gambino Pat's Ford. algorithm
1: went to Lockport Gambino Ford. Have we had repeat winners? I like think it's less, been, he said less... he was from like Lockport, Indiana or something uh, like that. Okay. It wasn't actually, yeah, like Buffalo. Either way, congratulations to you, Lockport three one two one. And you could win again because apparently the department not give a shit. Maybe Lockport Gambino Ford is just going to win every single week from now. No, on. that
2: nobody else is going to comment and like the episode and give their comment. So yeah, what second. you
1: got to do this week is you got to like the comment. No, like the show. <laughs> Sorry, like the, like the show on uh, on YouTube. Leave your DK handle and say which fight you're most excited for. I know it's kind up. of, it's a real cop-out this week. You didn't have a great idea, so it well, is what it is. Well, fair enough, fair enough. But, you but got- there's, you know, you got, you got Reyes versus Wyman. You have Jeremy Stevens, who seems very upset at Yair Rodriguez and rightfully so, but little, we'll get little, to that. A
2: little more momentum towards yeah. that one now. You got and- Greg Hardy, which is a very polarizing character you got Joe Lozon. Maybe the last the bonus fight hunter. for
1: him ever. It's yeah. possible.
2: Joe Lozon is the bonus hunter king of the world. And last but not least, Macy Barber. What about Daron
1: Wynn, who's DC's little protege? Yeah,
2: it's actually a fun card. So leave what you're most excited
1: about. Yeah, I about like it. the card. I'm, I'm actually, for a fight night, it's, it's pretty good. Loaded. Yeah, I load on it. a Friday. Yeah, let's get into the action then. We've got uh, Dominic Reyes taking on Chris Weidman. Dom Reyes is 8,800. my 175 favorite. Chris Weidman, 7,400. And plus 155. Here's the thing. There's so many question marks on a this. A zillion point. question marks. So let's go through them. So question number one. Why is Wyman coming up to 205 in the first place? Because like I don't think he ever really seemed like a guy to me that was like, you know what he needs to do? He needs to get out of this weight class. He always made weight. I'm sure it's hard. It's hard for everybody, but it was he wasn't a guy that seemed like it was killing him to get make the 185-pound limit. Um, You know, he had some losses, but it's all against really good fighters and stuff like that. Like, he's still in the mix at 185 if he decided to stay there. Like, he probably needs a couple wins. That's but... his
2: issue. That's the that's, answer to your question. That's yeah. exactly why he's doing it. John Paul well, and I think I... it
1: has more to do with the fact that he looks at a guy like Tiago Santos. He goes, man, this guy that's took, like, two fights at 205. And then once he did that, all of a sudden he's in a title shot. Like, I've already been at the top of the middleweight mountain. I'm killing myself to a degree to get down to 205 or down to 185. So I think, yeah, I think the fact that the path to the title seems a hell of a lot easier at 205 pounds. See, and maybe they're all anticipating that John Jones is going to leave the division and go up to heavyweight eventually too. So then it's wide open for people to get it. You're saying it's but wide open Going, for going wide from then? 185 to 205, here's the big problem. That's 20 pounds. And we saw with with Luke Rockhold, you know, 205 gets a lot of disrespect and rightfully so. It's not the most like deep division, I guess. But like Luke Rockhold, former champion, goes up there, takes on Jan Blahovic who's a top 10 guy. But like nobody's ever been like, oh, this guy's the future. This guy's the truth and he gets absolutely flattened. Like, making that move, it's not like the other weight class. You're moving 20 pounds, and there is definitely a massive size disparity. I'm interested to see how Weidman looks at the wins. Like, I can't help myself. Like, everyone seems – or at least the gambling community on Twitter seems to be on Reyes. I imagine the public would be smashing a former champion like Weidman at this price. But, like, I – We'll see how it looks. wyman has got an inch reach advantage. I kind of want to bet that side at these odds, to be perfectly honest.
2: Yeah, fair enough. But uh, what I was saying is that but John Pollock and I had this conversation two, three years ago. Why wouldn't Chris Weidman jump up to 205 pounds? Whereas it doesn't sound like the most logical idea out there. Not only is 185 log jam, but he's lost all those guys. He's not getting a fight with Whitaker at the time. He wasn't getting a fight with Whitaker. He's lost to Jacare. He's lost to Yul Romero. He had lost to Gegar Musasi. He's not even a top five middleweight.
1: Scott went over Gastelum, though, and Gastelum took the champion to deep (sighs) waters, took him into hell.
2: And, that, and 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 to be honest, he looked fucking awesome against Musasi till he got caught. He looked awesome against Yo Romero till he got caught. He looked pretty decent against Jacare till he got caught. But the issue is he keeps getting caught. And then you gotta wonder the injuries, the time off, the aging, the the, the recent knockout losses. Like how much the is that?
1: Surgeries and surgeries. Yeah, I and so it
2: would have been nice to, to see him move up at 205, quite simply because there's nobody at 205. As you mentioned, that Tiago Santos is getting his fight. But like John Jones has notoriously fought a lot of guys that probably shouldn't have got the fight. Even Gustafson, who got it simply because he had a legendary fight with him once upon a time, like they were basically just trying to keep Jones warm. Let's just throw somebody in there with him. So at least if Weidman had jumped up then, he would have been a shoe in for it. Now he's got to win a couple fights before he can sell that name of Chris Weidman getting a title fight. But yeah, he doesn't got bad size for 205, right? He's 6'2", 77, 78 inch reach, which is a longer reach than Reyes. But two inches short, right? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be the biggest 205, but I don't think he's no. out of place. It's not like you're saying, it's it's the disrespect that people don't understand in that 20 pounds jump. Who are a lot of the guys that we talk about that we would like to see jump up in 205, right? People talked about Rockwell, maybe it helps his chin, which it fucking didn't. No. Yo Romero, dude can barely make 185 to begin with, and he's so good at wrestling. What a, what he'd be great at 205. And Chris Wyman, which I wasn't huge. Joel
1: on- it doesn't even seem like he—he he seems very committed to staying at one eighty-five because I think he knows it's five foot nine. It's like it's hard for him to go up to two hundred and five pounds and be yeah, John Jones probably has like fifteen inches reach advantage on him or something like that. Yeah, and here I
2: mean? in herein lies the bigger issue now is that all of those guys are great grapplers. They're great at getting their opponents on the ground. But now that you're putting on that extra 20 pounds, you're moving up to 205, it becomes significantly harder. Luke Rockhold has never met a man that he couldn't fucking take down. In fact, just recently, there's a video of him taking down a motherfucking bull. He got nowhere close to taking on Jan It was like shooting on a fucking Greek pillar. Like, didn't even get close. It was a big difference that size advantage. Even though he's six foot four, even though or six foot three, I should say. Even though he's got it's the, the size,
1: thickness, like the, it's, it's the chest gi- thickness, like the just general body type is there's a big there's a different body type for a 185 pounder and a, a 205 pounder. It's
2: the general thickness. Now people would say, oh, well, Yo Romero, he's an Olympic silver medalist. He's so athletic. He's got great wrestling. Listen, if he's botching takedowns, if he's getting stuffed out a few times by uh, Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker used to fight at 170. He's mid-size at 85, at fucking best. And now you're telling me that he's getting stuffed in a few tapedowns attempts there. He's going to move up and all of a sudden just be taking down guys at 205, no problem. Again, it's styles make fights. Depends who he's fighting. But it's a lot harder, right? And I think that Weidman will have the same issue here. Reyes wrestled in college. He's not a complete slouch, where that's probably not the best part of his game. He's going to be able to stuff some takedowns. He's got good gas tank. He should be able to... Pl- I, I guess he did not look good his last time out. But if we're putting that aside, like maybe he can exploit Weidman and take him to deeper waters. But all the other guys that knock out Weidman late are terrific power punchers. They're great at finishing opponents. Whereas Reyes doesn't quite have that power. Take
1: Weidman to deep waters? Take Weidman to deep waters. We've never seen him go five rounds. Who Reyes? Yeah.
2: Okay. Fair. But, he looked, but, oh, but he didn't
1: but, look horrible against Ozdemir in round three. But like he didn't look like he had
2: tons of energy left. Yes. But the fight prior to that against Ovin St. Pru, he's all over this guy. There's four minutes yeah, and fifty nine so seconds Saint-Proux past.
1: Just sometimes just doesn't show up to work.
2: Yeah, that happens fifty percent of the time. He von proves your ass, or he doesn't show up to work. It's one yeah. or the other. But what I'm saying is, there's one single second left in that fight, and he knocks out OSP. You know, it's a buzzer beater that otherwise he puts him away. But here's a guy that's revved up, ready to go two more. Now I get it. He didn't. Look good against Volkanos Demir, so we need an improved version of him. But twenty nine years old, he should be getting better. He's been spending a lot of this training camp at Dan Henderson's Ultimate Training Center, and whereas he's there, he's probably working with a lot of wrestlers. He's probably working with a lot of guys like Chris Weidman, albeit not on Chris Wyman's level. But you know, keep the fight out where uh, upwards, grind on this guy, keep your cardio in check, and move on. What what I want to talk about Chris Wyman is we always talk about the legendary wins, the Andersons of wins. You were there. You were there for. In my opinion, one of the top three, if not five, biggest moments in MMA history. You were there. I was. How fucking long ago was that ball? Um... Well, it's
1: got to be like seven, eight years ago. So So I'm I'm suggesting... I mean, I could just play the video. (laughs) Play the video, right? No. That is my boy, uh, uh, main Kent. event. Main event, Kent. Main event, Kent. That you can One see featured we're, yeah, you know, cheering so Chris USA. A lot of
2: angry Brazilians all around us, very upset. And we all know Chris Weidman. We all know the history. We all know the pedigree. But we're just going to talk about something real quick. The guy turns professional in MMA just shy of his twenty-fifth birthday. A little bit of a late start for MMA, but so be it. Makes the UFC just four fights into his career. Great. After he beats Mark Munoz, remember that nasty elbow where he smashed Mark Munoz in the face? Completely knocks him out. It's just like, oh, man. Okay, after that, he was scheduled to fight Tim Boch at UFC 155. He bailed out of the fight with a shoulder injury. He ended up taking a year off and was booked into the Anderson Silva title fight on a year-long absence. That's why it was a historic moment. That's why nobody was giving him a chance. Dude's coming off a year-long shoulder surgery layoff. And he beats the greatest of all time. Great. Beats him the second time. Then he's scheduled to fight Vitor Belfort at UFC 173. It ends up being uh, him versus Machida at 173. Only Weidman bails out with a knee injury. So he's taken a year off because of his shoulder injury. He's now taken a year off because of his knee injury. Sorry, two months. He comes back, beats Machida. The knee injury. Okay, now he's scheduled to fight Vitor Belfort at UFC 181. Only Chris Wybin breaks his hands. That one I'm not concerned about. I'm more concerned about when he bailed out of the Vitor Belfort fight at UFC 184 with torn rib cartilage. Okay, fair enough. What about that Luke Rockhold rematch at 199 that he bailed out with a neck injury? Okay, what about that when it was rebooked? I get it. He's banged up. He's banged up, He's but banged like up. This, gonna, the
1: line keeps moving. Yeah, but so. you know, that's
2: that's what we're chasing, right? He takes year long gaps. Okay? I may just take the big.
1: I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that this is a dogger pass situation for me at this point because I just don't trust. If it does go into four and five rounds, I don't see. i I don't see full
2: ra- on. I'd say full on pass. I, you can't put any trust behind him, being that there's that many injuries. Uh, let's see how far we get. He's on moving the, up twenty pounds, let's like, see how far we. Yeah, I know. You need a better price, and you're not going to get a better price because it's already a fair
1: price. And it's, it keeps getting bigger, but it keeps
2: getting bigger. I don't, I don't love rays, but I see where fading Weidman is hundred percent the logical. He's got to be the better grappler. Weidman is, yeah, yeah, but he's moving up twenty pounds, and if he does take, I know grappling does, down, does not
1: favor the smaller, frame.
2: Is he going to submit? in the, Yeah, you're right. He looked great against Calvin Gasol. The also former. But you know, also uh,
1: uh yeah, welterweight exactly.
2: who dropped his motherfucking. All right, this ass all, all makes round. sense. I'm
1: probably just gonna end up passing on it. That's a fair play.
2: That's I a fair play. May, I, I, goes, may play wide, I may play
1: why I mean not DraftKings though, because seventy four hundred. If Does he, he if he is race? able to just he if he is race? able to just wrestle Is he gonna is he score big if he wrestles? He's 7, of course. A cheap wrestler. You always look A two oh five wrestler. I don't know. I'm I'm probably going to end up playing Chris Wyman on DraftKings. Okay, so be it. The way the way the slate looks like to me right now. But maybe that'll change as we break down this episode. Uh let's move on down the card. We've got Jeremy Stevens taking on Yair Rodriguez, 8100 on each of these guys, minus 115 Stevens, minus 105 Rodriguez. So like this was basically the odds for this fight when it was at 10,000 feet Or what 8,000 feet Elevation yeah. Whatever it is in 7,800 feet something. Whatever what? Whatever it is It's real high Real high Real 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 high Up in uh, Mexico City So It was the same thing There was the eye poke Very very Egregious eye poke In my opinion Like that looked Intentional and Yair know. Rodriguez does actually is starting to look like he looks like a piece of shit to me. Like I think he's just a bad person. No, seriously. Think about like all the camp switches and stuff like that. Think of I'm putting him on blast right now. Oh. Um, think about when he had that issue with the UFC, not taking the beat fights like that. These types of things don't all just happen to people. Like, and then the comments that he had after, like I was, you know, I think I've been giving him benefit of the doubt in situations because of a bit of a language barrier. But then when he was on like the after show talking about like how he thought Jeremy Stevens quit in there, it's just like, nah, I think this guy's just a piece of shit. Yeah. So I'm like emotionally invested to Team Stevens. I want Stevens to absolutely kill him. I think so everybody like, can agree on that. So I mean, I think I'm actually emotionally invested. Like I'll be actively cheering for Stevens. So I- I'll, I'm interested to hear your take. I'm like I'm I'm. Definitely playing Stevens on DraftKings at 8,100 because, like, I think he's going to go out there. You're already saying that he's trying to he's actively going to go out there and try to kill him. And I believe him because he's a crazy person.
2: Yeah, and so if that's the plan, I just think he's going to be too emotional. Did you
1: see his interview yesterday?
2: Yeah. and he's, He
1: is going to be way too emotional. That emotional. is 100%. He's too far I want love. emotional guys on DraftKings,
2: though. No, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because everybody always says the best part about Jeremy Stevens is that right hand. But to be honest, the guy's got nasty leg kicks. If he fights a good game plan, he slows his opponent down, and then all of a sudden they're more in a prone position, he bombs off on them. If he just goes headhunting against Yair Rodriguez, he's going to have a problem because— Even though you didn't get to see none of the last fight, what you do at least know is Yair Rodriguez, and we knew this beforehand, is significantly faster. He's way rangier. He's going to stay to the outside. If Jeremy Stevens fights a smart game plan, especially when it was five rounds and the motherfucker had spent two months in Mexico City preparing for the altitude, preparing for all these things, then you can start to feel, hey, dude, Jeremy might bring it on late. Hey, dude, Jeremy might solve the puzzle at some point. He's just got to sustain the early uh, attack from Yair Rodriguez. Hey, He's taking this training camp seriously. All that's now been shifted. I'm sure he's still in great shape. I'm sure both of them are still in great shape. But, like, your body physically peaked. He said he spent, like, what, $30,000 on that training camp in Mexico City? Now he's just supposed to come back to California and coast for a couple weeks until this fight and then go over to Boston? Like... It, yeah, but
1: it was in Mexico City.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like I'm that just was saying, an advantage a for of-
1: you. Now it's gone. The price is the same. We come back to America. They set the line again on the second time around at Stevens minus 135, and then it's only
2: three rounds now, which I think will. Now and then the line Yair. moved
1: to what we have now. So either that means that there's money coming in on Rodriguez, or there's reverse, reverse line movement. So I'm I, I'm interested to see how it plays out, but.
2: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I just i I'm sort of getting the sense that, especially if if Stevens is emotional out there coming after him that year, just is quicker. He's lengthier. He'll stay on the outside. I don't think he's gonna score a ton of points, but eighty one hundred dollars is priced pretty fair. I don't love the fight. I think if he does win, it's probably gonna be by way of decision. But here's one thing that we often forget about Jeremy Stevens. It was like eight months ago that the guy was talking. Were you about Yair in himself. the
1: in the like? Did you pick him when they were in Mexico? I or think did I did, Stevens. and I didn't,
2: and I didn't love it in Mexico. But I think I went with Yair, and one of those guys probably just went back to his regular routine, and one of those guys had to scratch retina for a few days, and then had to get back into the groove of things, and then he had to go fine. over. Yeah, like,
1: his eye looks crystal I'm, I'm, clear.
2: I'm, 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 I'm sure I mean, he has. Michael
1: Bisping won. A freaking UFC title with yeah. uh, with the glass eyes. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: You, to be honest, I, don't, I, I got nothing more to add on this fight. I think it's all mental warfare. I think, again, I was trying to say Jeremy Stevens is talking about killing himself six, eight months ago, saying he had to go see a sports psychologist, right? So now he gets this big fight in Mexico City, it's headlining a card. And now he's going to fight two weeks later, bump down to the co-main event in Boston. Uh, I spent 30000 on my k- training camp. I'm only getting three rounds now. I'm really pissed off. I'm going to kill this guy. If I don't kill Pantera, it's not a win. What the fuck are you talking about, dog? Fucking 29, 28, 327, that's a win. I don't know what you're talking about. But if he's fighting with his... And I don't think he's playing mental warfare. I think he's mentally fucking off. So anyways, I think we're disagreeing in the first two. I'll go Reyes. You'll go Wyman. I'll go Mm -hmm. Stevens. You'll go, or uh, sorry, I'll go Rodriguez. You'll go Stevens. But like, are we super confident here? No, it should be dicey enough. But we're definitely not on the same page for, for the first two.
1: No, I think we're going to be on page for the th- next one. We have Greg Hardy taking on Ben Sassoli. Greg Hardy, 9,300 minus 300 favorite. Ben Sassoli, 6,900 plus 250. Greg Hardy, Sassoli, uh, so he had that uh, eye poke. Um, yeah, speaking of eye pokes. Eye poke, no contest on contender series. Dustin Johnson. Against Johnson, And then all of a sudden he ends up taking on Greg Hardy. Like, you look at Sassoli, he's basically a middleweight Fighting yeah, at heavyweight not, he's like foot.
2: he's not very big. Well no, he's two sixty five. But he's six foot. Is like, he too? F- yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, he's he's pretty thick. Okay, he's, he's a light heavyweight at least then. Like he could lose there's there's dude, there's sixty pounds for this guy to lose. He could be a middleweight. I think. Um I guess I'm fat shaming him. What an asshole I am. <laughs> Either way, Greg Hardy put him on the our, a, in terms of athleticism, like there's such a mismatch here. Greg Hardy's obviously super green, but like the writing is on the wall here. It's a solely stand up game, at least from limited stuff that I saw. Obviously I watched what, the first two minutes of that one fight before the eye poked. Like he really only seems to have, you know, the left that he that he sets up. Or is it a left or right? Yeah, yeah, so he sets up like that left, and then he had like a little cheap jab with his right. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Mike
2: Brown and Cole will have a snuff down pretty good.
1: I mean, it, did, it looked super fucking basic. Yeah. I think uh, but Greg Hardy's just going to come f- crashing forward. Maybe he gets ca- caught at some point, but this isn't the spot, man. I'm not feeding Greg Hardy here.
2: I think that it's not a spot you go all in on Greg Hardy. Whereas no. I get not fading him because clearly this is just another one of the many Greg Hardy opponents that have been set up for him to win. And not only win, looks spectacular against. I, I just don't get the feeling that this is the type of spot that he should be a three to one. And Greg Hardy, for as polarizing as he is, when they give him the proper matchup, he just walks in, he bulldozes these guys in a minute. Whereas Juan Adams probably wasn't the right matchup. He still gets the job done, knocks him out, in one minute, Ben Sassoli could be the exact same thing. The issue is that Ben Sassoli never been knocked out, right? Yeah. And if he simply just survives the first two or three minutes, the same way that Alan Crowder once upon a time did, we still are assuming Greg Hardy's wheels are going to fall right off. This guy is to a world class
1: athlete, though. And
2: I'd be willing to find out the improvements he made.
1: Yeah. I think he's going to make improvements 220, 220, really, really fast, is the thing, though. Like, we're, it's going to yes. be, yeah. like, he's been fighting pretty regularly. But he has and I think every, like, four it. months that we see him, he's we're just going to see him improving a lot. Like, I don't know. Like, he's not going to be a technical superstar, but he has athletic gifts that will help him get over that hump in a lot of situations. I
2: think, I think if you took the average person, right, and you said, I'm going to train you to be an MMA fighter, and you book that average person with a little bit of training versus 10 actually good fighters, and he lost all 10, the... Not a big deal, you know. I'm sure most people would. You lost to those 10 good guys, you're gonna get some experience along the way, right? Had they just gotten you 10 homeless people and you beat 10 homeless people, I don't know that what you're really taking away. One guy's 10 and 0, beat 10 homeless people, one guy's 0 and 10, but at least got rounds in, at least fought good guys, at least experienced stuff. Hardy's not experienced anything. The one time that he was experiencing rounds, the one time he got out of not only got out of the first round, got out of the first few minutes of the round he fucking knees the guy in the head while he's on the ground because he likely wants a way out. He looked completely gassed. He looked completely lethargic. Sosoli has got a background. sasoli so has got more pro experience. Sasoli so was on the Ultimate Fighter despite losing. He lost to the guy that eventually won the show, and he went to decision. All those other losses are by decision. There's a great chance that he's so much slower that Greg Hardy walks in, throws them coconuts right on top of his head, knocks him the fuck out. I completely yep. agree. Uh, but the here the lies the he's issue he's just so green that you don't want to be laying big numbers it's 300 is just quite simply too big of a price yeah, tag fair but enough. but if, a, you're fair DK, if you're playing dk you're playing dk you're gonna uh, have it you're, uh, gonna, you're gonna need exposure you're, you're, you're probably going to want at least some shares of this guy i think we of can all course. agree on that but but 300 sure is a risky price sure he'll probably day. be
1: like uh, there's a lot of options on this card but i bet you he'll be at least 40% owned greg hardy at least yeah. maybe maybe like 50
2: Remember, uh, just recently, Jeff Hughes versus Todd Duffy. It's the same thing. Like one guy should probably just walk in and knock him out. And Dan, he almost did. But when he didn't, he was like, "I got to get out of here." Fake the eye poke, right? Hardy was like, oh, dude, crap, yeah, to go down? I'm just going to blast him on the face while he's on the ground with his knee. Crabby Todd Duffy. Too, Todd Duffy
1: that day did not look like the Todd Duffy that was in my mind's eye. Yeah.
2: yeah
1: you cool. know what I mean? There's a no
2: contest. Nobody lost. All Anyways. right.
1: Let's move on. We've got uh, Jonathan Pierce taking on Joe Lozon. Jonathan Pierce, 8,500 on draft. Kings minus 150. Favorite Joe Lozon, who's already talking in interviews about retiring, is 7,700 and plus 130. I was impressed with... uh Piers, not in the first round, but um, as as the fight went on, kept a super, super high pace. That guy, Rosales, that he fought on the Contender Series... Like, that kid took an absurd amount of damage. The finish at the end where he just, like, absolutely clocks him. Like, that kid was hurt. Probably shouldn't have even been still in that spot at this point. But this is MMA. So, I'm not... I see people, like, asking for, like, fights to be called early all the time and stuff like that. It's... And the last card, people were like, oh, these fights are going on too long. It's like, ah. My general take on this is, like, I... While I understand that, we're sitting around on a Saturday night watching people punch each other in the head for fun. So, you know, these guys don't want to have the towel thrown in on them, so who am I to tell another man whether he can take more damage or not, if that's what he wants? Anyway, oh, that was a little bit of a sidetrack. Yeah, it was a sad sidetrack, too. <laughs> got me fucking depressed, but all right. Sorry. Yeah, this one, yeah. Um, I mean, Joe's probably going to come out hot, but Joe has shown in the past, and this is before he was like, he's pretty washed at this point. He has shown in the past that he will slow down as the fight goes on. And the one thing I really liked of Pierce is the cardio. So the the pricing does make sense to me on this fight. Eileen Pierce, no bet yet, but uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say.
2: Yeah, yeah. This one is uh, sad in the sense that I think we all love Joe Lozon. And yeah, could he pull out of Uriah Faber one last moment, you know, get the win? course it's mma but stack cards are definitely stacked against him he's he's in a reverse position to what made him famous you know like this kid came on the scene because he knocked out jen's pulver right and he was unheralded at the time and now he's going to be passing the torch to another unheralded fighter who will likely knock him out because you got to know when to get out of the game and he's not a guy that's ever uh taking care of himself. You know what I mean? Like he hunted for bonuses. He gave up position to go for submissions. He fought like a banshee against guys like Kurt Warburton, who he shouldn't have because he tried to entertain the fans every single time. And now you're seeing that he's not even competitive against Chris Grutzmacher. You get the sense that the end is near, but we're in Boston. We're gonna pull out all the stops in Boston, baby. And here's the favorite child of Massachusetts, Joe Lozon. We'll give him one last yeah. hurrah. We'll give him a what is a winnable fight, all think, by yeah. not a fight that he's even the favorite in. And he's gonna have to come overcome some adversity. I just don't think he can take the damage anymore. I really don't. Yeah. The, the 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 comparison. If Pierce, ha-
1: if Pierce didn't have like he just looks like he has very good cardio. Like that guy was bombing away on this kid did not tire. Um that is that is why. It's probably a stay away. I understand the whole narrative of Joe Lozon back in Massachusetts. The crowd's going to be fired up and all that, but it's hard to bet on on him at this point. He's already talking about this may be his last fight in interviews and stuff this week. I don't want to be betting on guys. like He's got retirement on the brain already.
2: Yeah, and and I'm not going to make the whole he's probably got CTE on the brain as well, but yeah, he's... He's taking some damage in his fights, and we want to see him go out properly. But he's getting this young hot kid who's uh, sorry, Jonathan Pierce is out of the MMA lab. He's—I don't want to be the guy to say it, but I guess because I took a shot at Lowes, I might as well even out the playing field. But like Pierce seems fucking dumb as a doorknob, man. Like woof. Uh, not particularly smart. This is what he does. He's a, he is a smart. He's a. You he think a- he's
1: a New Yorker or something
2: like that? <laughs> eh? <laughs> no, no. A, I, uh, I I don't know. Just the impression I get off of him. But regardless, I mean, he's out of the MMA lobby. Scrappy. His takedown defense should be there enough that. You just got to make Joe Lozon work. Joe Lozon has never had a good gas tank. Even no. prime Joe Lozon does not have a good gas tank. And so if he doesn't go out there and get that huge finish early in the first round, and he's not a knockout guy. He Knocked out Pulver, knocked out Diego Sanchez, but not a big knockout guy. He could go for it. Maybe he gets a cut stoppage like the Kiesa fight. I just don't think you can, with any vote of confidence, back him, especially the way that he was taken out against Grootsmacher. They had to have mercy on him. He's not taking a long layoff. He wants one more we give all the legends one more this guy is in my opinion a legend just from what he's done for the company we'll give him one more but just like everybody we give one more to not a good fight no. you know like they didn't give bj a good fight they didn't give Faber a good fight though he won they they don't they don't say on any unretired yeah here's a no that's what i mean the ricky simon fight that was a bad fucking fight to come back to the kid's got your exact same skill set and he's half your age not half your age but you know what i'm saying the guy's a younger man, and he's got your exact yeah, same Yeah, Brad skills. Pickett
1: was the perfect retirement fight.
2: That was the perfect retirement fight. He passed it. If you're going to pass on this, we're going to give you a tough fight. And and Joe Lozon notoriously turned down a contract offer one time from the UFC, stating, I don't want – you can keep some of the money. I don't want all that money, but I want right a refusal on these opponents because like, I want to have fun fights that I can go out and get a bonus – and 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 cheer on the fan, but I don't necessarily want to fight these top five, top ten contenders and get smoked out. I tried it. I fought Anthony Pettis in Japan. I got kicked in the fucking head. I'm done with that. I want some fun fights. Yeah. So so no doubt he's had probably some say in fighting Jonathan Pierce. As some as some, part of me thinks that he's at least looked at Jonathan Pierce as composed to a couple other opponents and said, "I'll take that guy." Yeah. But this is where you're at in your career. Okay. One guy's looked good coming off the contender series. And one guy's the all-time bonus leader in UFC history. And it's just, you, they're, they're crossing paths. And back to the Jens Pulver thing. Jens Pulver was a former UFC fucking uh, champion. B- BJ apparently for the lightweight title when BJ was BJ. Fought in Japan. Fought all the greats. And when he fought no-name Joe Lozon, it was a young and up-and-comer who actually went on the ultimate fighter after that.
1: And Pulver was the coach. And
2: Pulver was the coach. Because that's the way the sport goes. And, Good thing he and, wasn't
1: on his team. Could you imagine that? Because you'd be like, oh, yeah, how about you tell me all about what to do in my fight? Yeah, because that worked when you fought me, pal.
2: Yeah, that worked the last time That you would me. That
1: would not be. With how MMA fighters, you know, the perceived. Yeah. Joe Lozon's an interesting cat, though we will miss him. He's a... He's a cool, of like, down-to-earth, like, One of the normal dude that's a good guy in this sport. His Showed up to work with fight. his lunch pail. I know yeah. that's all cliche and stuff, but, uh, yeah, thank you for all the fights.
2: And, and guys like Randy Costa, who are a protege of Joe Lozon, going to get fucked up. But you see there the trend is moving. He'll, he'll be a great coach in the in that area. And uh I, I think he'll continue to do great things, maybe not in the professional ranks.
1: All right. We move on down the card. We have Macy Barber taking on Jillian Robertson. Macy Barber is eighty three hundred on DraftKings minus one thirty favorite. Jillian Robertson seventy nine hundred plus one ten who you got here, Cody.
2: Well do you believe the hype or not? I mean if we're all to believe I mean I bought into Arbiter- hype
1: last week and <laughs> let's see what happened to me. Oh yeah, it wasn't it was like the worst week. I Bought into all the hype jobs. I'm gonna lay off the hype. Maybe not fade the hype because this is the week that maybe the hype comes through. Maybe the hype. A penny comes for through. your thoughts though first.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just feel like again the hype train's behind Macy Barber. I don't know if it's in exactly in the same. It's almost like one with Greg Hardy, right? When there's a lot of people behind you, they, you get a better price, and your skill set should should show. Macy Barber. She's, she's only been a my, massive she's favorite only in all of her
1: matchups and then now they're laying out this number that's 50 ev- thing because
2: every because everybody Cause every realizes. Person, I haven't looked
1: at like the bet MMA tips page. I wonder if uh, I wonder if everyone's betting Macy Barber. Like if everyone's hammering no, this No, I don't
2: think so. I think this is the week that a lot of people are trying to fill, fade and go Jillian Anderson because Jillian Anderson if anything Have you actually looked or no? Well, no, no, you haven't no. looked on the site? No, I don't give a shit. I'll try to look so it up. So what about well, you people talk. are betting one way? Uh, you know, yeah. I always.
1: No, It's interesting to see it sometimes.
2: Yeah, but. it's interesting to see at the end of the week and seeing a lot of the phony prices that up like It's just like when with. you
1: just see, ton- no, I, I don't even care about that. I just care about seeing like, sometimes you just see like, it's, everyone's betting on one side and the line just stays still. That's when you start panicking.
2: Yeah, I don't know if this will be the That kind of happened with the Dern fight last week. That's what it was. So you're saying that it's just going to... Nobody get, was betting Rebus. Which is why she won. Is that what you're telling? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, okay. Well, Jillian Robertson appears to be a better grappler. And what's Macy Barber's thing? You know, she's rambunctious. She likes to close the pocket. She likes to throw elbows. She's young. She's exciting. But you can take this girl down. You can get this girl down. You can out-hustle her. There's ways to defeat her. Because she's under fighting, because she's a pretty girl... It just seems like there's a lot of uh, momentum behind her. She's talking about being the youngest champion in UFC history and defeating Jon Jones's record and then tries to call out people that are not even remotely in her level, like trying to fight Paige Van Zandt, for example. Like, Why are you trying to fight her if you're talking about being the youngest champion in UFC history? just doesn't make any sense. But that's just a young person in general, man. You've got these great ideas. Everybody around you is telling you that you're going to be the next big star. You've got it on written on your fridge at home. Oh, I got this long to become the next champion. You're, you're getting it all in. You know, Aspen Loud was kind of the same way. I think your head, it gets to you. And all of a sudden you believe you're much better than you are. And then you get a humbling experience. Every undefeated fighter, for the exception of the one John Jones, Gonna get that humbling experience. Well, it wasn't
1: humbling for Aspen Lad, your baby, because yeah, well, because no, it that's was a obviously problem. that's a sec- problem that
2: she didn't own up. It was to.
1: obviously disc- uh, discrimination, Cody. Clearly.
2: Yeah, fucking Herb Dean. Is that's not a, that's a
1: bad look. I was gonna leave. I was gonna leave your look. baby o alone, but it's a terrible look. Trust for me, her.
2: trust me. I know. Like I, I don't know. know
1: who's on I her know. management team, but like that's not gonna win you any fans. Flat out appealing. It was a bad. look. People are and lo- then the like quotes la- that come laughing at it, the like, situation. Yeah, like, maybe I mean, there is think. something like you know, in fairness, like Herb Dean basically let Chris Weidman die that day against Chris uh, against Luke Rockhold after like the spin kick takedown. And then he, he did jump in maybe a little bit early. But these things just happened in MMA. The way that she fell, she fell forward. Like, it was just a bad look, and she didn't really react well. She just kind of went to, like, hands and knees and waited for a second punch. You could have let her get in with a couple couple punches there, but I'll tell you why
2: I, I don't think it was sexist. I'll tell you, no, no, it wasn't sexist at all. This is my biggest point that I took from it, okay? I'm at the Waynes, and I watch somebody. Almost fucking die on the scale. Okay, She looks awful. True, I forgot she's about that. Up. Yeah, that she's was like, big. She's like, seizure. Now, I go on that Twitter. That scene I go on the on before
1: like, does not help out her situation like, yeah. with Herb, because Herb's watching that. Yo, Holmes. He's an I- official. He's got to know about somebody having a bad weight cut like that. Dude, I'm
2: thinking this fight's not going to happen, right? The Commission surely is not going to let this fight happen, but they do. And Herb, being the responsible veteran that he is, says, I'm going to keep an extra close eye on this girl, because she's definitely drained out that something could be wrong. I'm going to keep an extra close eye. Okay. The fight starts the very first punch she takes. She folds to the ground. Does that not scream? Something's wrong with her. Yes. Something's wrong with her. Now is the time where you stop in and stop. The, you step in and stop the fight. Cause it's just going to get worse from this. And then the, on the miraculous chance that she manages to stand back up, Jermaine Durand, is still going to be standing there and going to put her right, the buck back down. So I don't know. I have no problem with what Herb did. I, Getting back to this is yeah, who it's, wins it's, Macy Barber it's, or Jillian Robertson? It's, it's, it's ownership, right? And in Macy Barber's case, uh, the, you got to look back at just let's look at the look, quick run in the UFC. The Hannah Cypher's fight matched up. Hey, I matched up great with Cypher's. Didn't look good in the first round, found a way to win in the second. Mm. The the last fight against uh, JJ Aldridge, she got dropped in the first round. Didn't look good in the first round, lost the first round, found a way to win in the second round. I don't know that Jillian Robertson's that kind of opponent. She typically kind of gets better as the fight progresses as well. She has a black... I don't know. I think she's a black belt. Regardless, she's got the grappling advantage. I think she's got the wrestling advantage. I'm going to give cardio to Barber. I'm going to give striking to Barber. I'm going to give size... Slightly slightly to barber. I, I did this di- is a close dicey fight. Yeah. It's priced accordingly. You, you gotta know go with one of them. I
1: went on to the, that site and I looked, and honestly, people were 50-50. pretty people are pretty split. So
2: I think because- I was thinking
1: everyone was gonna be jumping on the hype train, but yeah, no, people no, are I on both sides. People I are on both sides, so.
2: When I get to my dirty parlay, chances mm-hmm. are I'll cower down and go barber. But I think it's a dog or pass fight.
3: Fair enough. Talking about erectile dysfunction The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started, simple. Just go to GetRoman.com PME and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to Roman.com slash PME to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash PME for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash PME.
1: All right, we've got Daron Wynn taking on Darren Stewart. Uh, Daron Wynn is 8,200 minus 125 favorite. Uh, Darren Stewart, 8,000 plus 105. All right, so this was like a pick yesterday. And I didn't bet it. Um, I wish I did. I I don't understand this line at all.
2: I, I don't either. This will be my part. This line. is I'm a sure.
1: fucking smash this play for Duran Wynn.
2: Yeah, this will be my... Like, I know he's shitter. small. He's way
1: outsized. But, like, Darren Stewart... And Darren Stewart has made a lot of improvements... But the path to victory is still the wrestling. I know that Duran Wynn was going against Spicely. He worked on them hands and he got yeah. hit. He got hit on the feet. Don't get me wrong, but it's like he's not using his wrestling in that spot. Cause that's the only place that Spicely can hurt him. You know what? Where the, uh, you know what? Dar- uh, Darren Stewart's not going to do here. Hurt Duran Wynn on the ground. We go for the takedowns. We go for them early. This guy is, you know, DC's protege. He's not you know, the the Olympian that DC was, but the guy's a good wrestler. He's a beast. Yeah, he's a beast, and he's super small. He's going to be able to get these takedowns. He's going to go for those takedowns. He has good coaching. Like, this is a, in my opinion, this is like, it's almost too good to be true, and that is my one concern. It's just like, I, know, I, know. I don't want it was my, it was, I, I'm happy to see the line moving towards what I think is the clear play, At least that means that, like, the books are starting to react to it. Maybe there wasn't very much action on it. People, you know, there's so many UFC cards. It's like people only start to focus on the lines when they, you know, focus on the card that week. But this seems like an absolute smash play. I will have Deron win on my DraftKings lineup, 8,200,
2: and uh, I'll be betting him too. Yeah, I agree. It just seems almost too good to be true. When the fight first got announced, I was like, yeah, definitely going to go win for the win one more time. But uh, I wonder what the price is going to be. Then when it came out. Oh, man. Yeah, man. People are into Darren Stewart. Maybe it's a case of MMA math. Maybe you look at it like, oh, Darren Wynn didn't look overly good against Eric Spicely and, uh, we got the dentist here rearranged him. So.
1: Styles make. <laughs> Fights, as Cody Saftik likes to say.
2: Yeah, and one thing that I'll give, um, one thing that I'll give Darren Stewart is that he's actually worked a lot on his wrestling. Being for that sure. he is a striker, he realizes most guys want to take him down. He's 100 percent made that effort to shore up that game plan. But there's certain guys you just can't quite get ready for. And if Darren Wing goes in the game plan of. Just quite simply take this guy down. He should do that. For guys that need a quick recap on him, he was a three-time state wrestling champion in high school. He was a two-time junior college national champion. He was also a three-time All-American. He tried out for – he's won a pile of international awards and all that stuff, well, like trophies. place at it all it – was a two, like he was on the national team for a few years. Da-da-da-da-da. Tried out for the 2016 Olympics. Didn't make it. Now he's into MMA. The most impressive thing here is AKA, they're huge on social media. They're always posting all types of stuff, right? I saw this whole, like, video log series where it's, like, Khabib and DC going back and forth, going back and forth, and Khabib would be like, DC, DC, DC's my cousin from from Dagestan, this big old Hulk in Russia. And, like, it'd be a bunch of guys. Like, it's always Islam Akachev and Khabib. They're always rifling on DC. DC, you wrestle him. He's a good wrestler. DC would be like, Khabib, Habibi, I told you I'm retired. You want some Darren Wynn? Darren Wynn! Darren Wynn is his hitman at this point. Darren Wynn is the guy that's just like, oh yeah, some Russian dude's coming in here and they're joking around with DC, but hey, some American guy's got to step up and take this guy down. It's just like, he's the guy. Like, he's in the prime of his career. 2016 Olympics he misses out on. Like, he's, he's undersized, but he's just like DC, right? And DC really only, the whole size disadvantage thing really only caught up with him late.
1: And it's when you're that low to the ground, you're getting underneath them hips.
2: But similar to DC, he's working on his hands. He realizes he's got the wrestling in his back pocket and I got to work on my hands. When I get Eric Spicely, Eric Spicely doesn't pose a whole lot of problems. So just like we're saying with Greg Hardy, get rounds in. And that's where AKA is a little bit smarter, right? Look at Khabib versus Ally Quinta. I could take this guy down and route him, but I want to get some rounds in. I want to work on my hands. What's the improvement he makes on his hands? He drops Conor McGregor. He goes out and wins striking exchanges against Dustin Poirier. You got to get live action. action rounds because fighting with a 16 ounce glove in the gym with headgear uh, when you're going 75% is not going to quite do it but you take that time you improve from that Darren Wynn could have just held down Eric Spicely but again Spice is a grappler his best path his best path sorry was to get the fight to the ground somehow whether that be him on top of you and try to throw up his submission so he played the smart route he worked on his hands the Tom Lawler fight he worked on his hands this is another fight his hands are improving but fuck it, dude. Let's not work the hands here. you got to get this fight to the ground, take this guy down, smash him up, and I think that's exactly what he's going to do. I think the price tag is definitely there. The one thing that I will admit is that Darren Wynn was a finisher when he was fighting cans. Since he's fought in decent levels, he's not getting the finish. He should have knocked out Spicely, who maybe has a questionable chin, didn't even come, well, I mean, it was a fun fight. And then the Tom Lawler fight, talk about questionable chins. Tom Lawler's fighting up a weight class as well, and he's been professional wrestling the last two years. You should have knocked him out as well, didn't knock him out. So I don't know that he goes out there and puts it on Darren Stewart and gets the finish or if he just positionally holds him down and gets the win. So I'm a little bit hesitant, even though I love the money line. I don't really love $8,200 on DraftKings.
1: He may not be able to get back up, I guess. He takes him down once. Yeah, but... did
2: DC ever pass a side I control know, and then man. go to Mount? No, he held down half guard and pounded him from half guard. That's what they do. They're I'll let smart. you do the
1: Iron Man this week then because I'm... Did you like win on Iron Man? No.
2: Okay, well, yeah, neither no, I. Oh, yeah, we had, not, yeah, we had, Dern, yeah, no, we had Dern
1: and Cron Gracie on that lineup. It was not good. Um. Anyway, yeah, win. Wynn. Loaded up for me. Um, Manny Bermudez takes on Charles Rosa. Manny Bermudez is 8,700, minus 140 favorite. Charles Rosa, 7,500, plus 120.
2: Who you got here? I got to talk myself into a real dog here. Like, Jillian Robertson was the only one that felt like it was a decent enough spot. It's plus 110, it's just not enough. I, I could see Rosa winning. But the 30-month layoff because of a neck injury, like who in their right mind puts money on that? So mm-hmm. because of that, it seems like a hard pass. But uh, Manny Bermudez, for as much as people are giving him, he does have the grappling advantage. I totally agree. Uh, they're both from the area. I think he's from like South Shore. But Charles Rosa's physically, isn't it nicknamed Boston Strong? Like he's going to have the hometown pop. If he's in decent enough shape, here's the big thing. Rosa's got a gas tank. Rosa can go multiple rounds. At least he could the last time we saw him. He could he could take the fight into deeper waters. Oh, I don't know that Manny Bermudez can do that. Then you got to factor in this. Okay? Rosa's never been subbed. Rosa's got good submission defense, right? Manny Bermudez seems to be submit you as quick as possible. But he's got, got that
1: type of he's got that type of dynamic submissions. That's like even if Rosa he's never faced somebody with the same dynamic type of attacks, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I've seen people with sore necks, and for whatever reason, they come into the gym, they hit the bag, but they don't grapple because it's hard to grapple with a bad neck. So, like, has he made any improvements to his grappling? I don't know. Is Manny Bermuda the better grappler? Yes. Is Manny Bermuda the better wrestler? Mm, He's a terrible wrestler. But, like, maybe he could get this fight to the ground. But just like you're talking about Kron and, and, and them, it's like they only really have one skill here. That's the crown game. Kron mm-hmm. went for it. I'll give him that. But in this case, it's like Bermudez is not a good striker. He's not a good wrestler. If the fight goes to the ground and he's flailed around against lesser opponents and gotten the fight to the ground, then he can win. But in this case, I get the sense that like if Charles Rose may- even made some improvements, he's a, yeah. I think he's a better fighter. It's hard it, to trust with the layoff, though. Very hard to trust. So because we're saying, oh, geez, he's so hard to trust, is that favor into Bermudez? No, because here's another thing with Bermudez. Bermudez loses his last fight, okay? over casey keeney casey keeney's a flyweight the fight's booked for 35 this dude comes in at 140 casey Kinney's so gangster he takes the fight anyways the next day casey keeney comes way reweighs in at like 140 manny Bermudez weighs in at like 162 he's huge it, it didn't it didn't matter he had that huge size advantage it just didn't matter. So I hear people saying here, he's going to still be bigger than Rosa, even though he's moving up a weight class. UFC caused forced him to move a weight class. He's going to be bigger. But it's like we're talking with Weidman and these grapplers. And they th- in this guy's case, he's not even a very good wrestler to begin with. And now he's moving up weight classes, taking on a guy that trained at American Top Team for many years. It just screams that because of the neck, you should just pass clear. But again, <laughs> because I almost feel like I'm chasing what looks like an appeasing enough dog – Rosa has some upside. He, he, there's something there, but, it's, I, but the, smart, play, the smart play's just
1: passed. I can't trust him with Fair the enough. Layoff. Fair enough. But, yeah, I don't know. It's still another one I got to think about a little bit more this week. Uh, officially, I guess pick on the show will be Bermudez, but, yeah, it's a pass from a betting perspective for me right now. We got Molly McCann taking on Diana Belbita. Molly McCann, 9,400 biggest favorite on the card at minus 500. Diana Belbita is 6800 and plus 400. I'll let you talk about this first. I have, things, just, I have things just, to say, just, but I'll let you yeah, do okay. it first before I go off the tracks.
2: Yeah, it's just the hardest of the hard passes. I think that if you like Molly McCann, most people like Molly McCann, you can't pay minus 500. And we've seen so many examples recently where it's like some of these outrageous price tags and fights that you expect to be a blowout one way. It just doesn't happen that way. And this is the case. Molly McCann is better everywhere. Molly McCann, even though she's giving up size advantage... She always does. She's the meatball, right? She's tiny, and she has no reach, and She's she has no up height. She's like six and a half inches of reach. Yeah, but she well, generally gives significant, up.
1: significant, but then but well, the way, you continue, you continue.
2: Right. The way she fights, it's not as if you're both hanging out on the outside. She just crashes forward all the time. So she makes up for that reach advantage all of the time. Okay, fair. So how do you get Molly McCann off of you? Well, you need to take her down. That's been the way to beat her. We've seen in her losses. That's the way to beat her. Uh, she, has she looked spectacular in the UFC? No. But the only person that managed to get the victory over Jillian Robertson just took her down. This is a, co- a case against Balbita. Balbita's a Romanian kickboxer. She doesn't have a ground game. Her takedown defense is massively suspect. In fact, Molly, M- Molly McCann would be well advised to just take her down. I think so. I don't think she will, but Maybe? I think she will. It would be a great game. She has game. shown that she great has game.
1: been like wanting to prove that she has worked on her ground game. Yeah, she's done yeah. that a bunch, actually. Already. And
2: against elite against elite grapplers and wrestlers, I think she's in trouble. Maybe that's when she tries to keep it up. But against this type of opponent, she be okay. So now we're talking about Balbita's a Romanian kickboxer. Is her kickboxing pedigree good enough to win these striking exchanges? If she stuffs the takedowns, could she beat Molly McCann in striking battle? I'm just not seeing it. The other problem is, is that it's almost like a Muay Thai kickboxing blend, and it just allows her to get outboxed. Molly McCann doesn't got great kicks. She got decent boxing. And that's what she'll do. She'll just get in the pocket. She'll outbox her in close range. She'll hold her up against the cage. She'll peer to the ground. She she could win. However, minus five hundred in your dreams. Ninety four hundred. Oh, that's not gonna happen. So whereas everyone says ball beat is a can crusher, just just be careful here, right? Certain guys like um Shabazian. What's his first name? Why am I getting mixing this up? He's not he's not Romanian. No, 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 he's not Romanian. He's Edmund Shabazian. Edmund Shabazian. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He's uh, he's Armenian. Armenian, yeah. Yeah, but he can't crush a whole lot of guys. And then when he gets to the big everybody show. Everybody can't crush a bunch yeah, of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But There's what I'm saying l- is when you get there. Levels to these
1: levels, though.
2: When you get there without having taken any damage for the most part, when you get there, it's just like, oh, dude, all he's done is crush Kansas. Like, yeah, he's actually not all that bad. Or it goes the other way, like his brother, and they're, they're not all that good. I'm expecting Molly McCann get the victory here. But for minus 500, I don't want to find out that Balbeat is actually not that bad. I don't want to find out. I'm going to pass. So this has nothing for me on DK. It has nothing for me. On, it was three fifty. I think, when it opened. That, to me, was a little too I, much. Uh, that but made you crush me, it at that and you win, good well, on I, you. I
1: posted a tweet about it. Um, and then, I obviously, I didn't get around to looking at any Belbita tape until, you know, a day later. And then when I saw the Belbita tape... Cody, you're giving me some heat last week. You're like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Do you think Casson versus Belbida? I used to come onto, or you used to come onto this show and talk about people being the worst fighter of all time. Diana Belbeda is the worst fighter on the UFC roster right well, now. You're going there. She got into the UFC off of a win over. A, a, a opponent making their MMA debut. She got submitted first round by Christina Stanciu. That Romanian, that local, great grappler
2: in Romania, that
1: local Romanian uh, circuit that RXF <laughs> yeah. is egregious how bad it is. It's soccer mom, central man, like, Watching the exchanges that she got herself into, watching the trouble that she got, like she eats like a big. I know that this is probably a while ago. She's probably made improvements since then, but like against Stansfield, it's like she eats this head kick and then like just flails her arm out there, and then she just kickboxing pedigree. has no no defense against (laughs) it. Like I couldn't believe what I was watching, man. And then like even against in her last fight that got her into the UFC. She's taking on somebody making their debut. And trust me, they look like they were making their (laughs) debut. And like it was pretty freaking competitive until she got her on the ground and and found an arm bar from guard. She was underneath this person. Um, Dude, this is it. Well, this is it. Well, I, I know that, like you called man. you called me out on it last week, and this is not intentional. I watch that tape, and I can't think of a situation where she wins. But yeah, minus five hundred on Molly McCann, I just can't because, like, I don't think Molly McCann is some sort of world beater either. I think she is way better everywhere. I see her winning this quite easily, but I just I'm not going to attach myself to a minus five hundred price tag. You know what? Minus 300, 350. I probably would have if I had watched the tape on that.
2: Well, yeah, I'm sorry you're getting a minus 500 viewers at home, but for those of you who don't know, Paul's bit bit used to be identifying the worst fighter in the UFC, and he's 6 for 6 on worst fighter in the UFC fades. So, yeah, you're not getting a great price tag here. However, I want to see if the streak does continue, and yeah, I I guess we'll have to see. I'm in agreement with you, but uh, I just don't like big price tags on these type of middling affairs.
1: We got Kyle Bokniak taking on Sean Woodson. Kyle Bokniak, 8,400, minus 135 favorites. Sean Woodson, 7,800, plus 115. Who you got here?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is 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 home cooking a real thing? Because if so, maybe Bokniak squeezes it by. He's in a lot he of close fights. Where's bites. Woodson he's in from? A lot of, I just looked at it, and it was Illinois? Missouri. Okay. Yeah, he's from St. Louis. So... uh yeah, I think I think I think he's got the it's, good to beat Bokniak. I mean But it's gonna be a close fight. Bokniak's in close fight. Boston fights, may have a bit of a home fights.
1: field advantage type of feel. Like I think they're gonna they be do. very they're a very passionate sports city, obviously. They win so many championships. Most of the world kinda hates them for it.
2: It's mostly out of jealousy. Yeah, they're they're supportive of their guys for sure. For sure, they're supportive of their guys. The crowd's always behind them. The judges typically tend to be behind them. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying, and, and it could go one of two ways for you. If you fade the guy, the hometown guy, and it's a close fight, and you lose, it is what it is. But in a case like Molly McCann, just to go back to that fight really quickly, how would the worst fighter in the UFC pick up a win? Just like Priscilla Cachoeira, who was this close to getting a cut stoppage in a fight she clearly lost. Mm, But in Boston, he'd be like, that? What are you talking about? Get back in there. So that cut stop is not going to happen. No, I know. That's why I would
1: never touch McCann at minus 500. She almost lost to catch a beating.
2: Yeah. My problem with Kyle Buckniak is that even though, yeah, he's going to be, I suppose, the hometown guy. You know, he's from Massachusetts. He was signed to the UFC because he was Peter Welsh's guy. Peter Welsh uh, is is a well-known boxing coach in, in the Massachusetts area who's good friends with Dana White. But outside of that, like, at what point in his cur- in his UFC tenure have you been utterly impressed, right? He loses to Charles Rosa in Boston, but he lost a clean decision. He robbed Enrique Barzola, so he should be 0-2 there, because that was a flat out robber, that split in Vancouver. He loses to Jeremy Kennedy, that'd be 0-3. He wins Brandon Davis, in which he actually just out-grappled Brandon Davis. Very strange. Then he lost to Zabit. Zabit hurt himself in the third round. This dude came on in the third round. Prior to that, he just got lit up. But we're impressed with that. The the talk is that we're impressed with that. And then Hakeem Dawadu defeats him. He's got heart and he's got a chin. And he's got the two things that you can't actually teach a fighter. But all the other things that you can teach a fighter, he just doesn't have not really seemed to pick them up because well, where is he good? Is his striking good? No, he doesn't really throw a whole lot of punches. He stays at distance. He wings shots. If he gets pissed off enough like there's a beat fight, maybe he pressures you. His hands are always down. He's very hittable. His wrestling, yeah, outside of that Davis fight, I don't think it's very good. He's pretty average at he, best. He's very average at best I don't. Mean, I cases. wouldn't
1: want to trust in him to be like, I think he's got a grappling advantage. He has to go out there and get takedowns. Like I wouldn't feel very confident. If that was my mentality about how Buckingham wins this fight, I'll tell you that much.
2: A hundred percent, right? So now it's like, okay, well, how about uh, his opponent, Sean Woodson? One thing that you got to realize right off the hop with Sean Woodson, 27 years old, he's six foot two with a 79 inch reach, pole at 145 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Whereas my boy Louis Payne sure as hell fucking let me down. You got to admit, having that kind of size and range is going to be big. Especially because Bokniak is shorter, stays there. And if he tries to crash the pocket, it's his nickname, Crash... If he tries to crash the pocket and come forward, like I just think he's gonna get picked off. Woodson's actually comes in as a decent sized underdog against that Terrence McKinney, plus two fifteen dog on contender series. McKinney is a wrestling dynamo. Mm-hmm. McKinney takes him down like nothing. McKinney takes his back in the first round and has his way. That second round, he has his split opportunity, smokes him with a fly, and he knocks him out. He's rangy, he's got a great one. McKinney got tired hand. though. Yeah, and this kid didn't get tired. Ba- Woodson didn't get tired.
1: Yeah, and Bokniak's not gonna get really tired
2: either. I, I think, think this kid's gonna have much better yeah. output because he's gonna stay on the outside. I think he just picks away at him the one concern is how is Bokniak gonna get a job done he's gonna get him up against the cage he's gonna take him down yeah. but he just fought terrence mckinney who's a way better wrestler and yeah. even though he was getting taken down he shows you that when he does get taken down he's fine he can yeah. defend submissions he can work his way back up and then he can make you pay now bokniak has got a hell of a chin on him so a spectacular flying knee would get the job done against anybody but you can't rely on that shit no he's gonna have to fight a smart game plan of staying on the outside and picking him off but if we're talking about a home cook and it, it, it makes it worried. This is this is a dog that I, I can't pass on. At least he's plus one fifteen, I'll Woodson. take it. But I, but I'm gonna, oh. but I'm gonna be really pissed off when I sit there at the end of the fight and be like, what's in that shit and lose a split because I'm always yeah, pissed off. Because of-
1: got a couple takedowns at the end of a round. Because he held really- him up
2: against the cage. <laughs> yeah. I, mean? like, I, I don't know, but that shit does happen. So just beware of that.
1: We have Boston Salmon taking on Randy Costa, 8600 Boston Salmon. His name's Boston. He's fighting Boston. I mean, how could he lose? He is a minus 170 favorite. Randy Costa, 7600 plus 150. It sounded like when we were talking about Joe Lozon, that you had a hot take on this one, so I'll let you take it away.
2: Yeah, well, actually, so it's weird because Boston Salmon out of Vegas, and then Randy Costa is the local but guy. But no, so his, his name's Boston. No, I know.
1: His name's Home cooking. They'll be like, okay, he's just names. his name's Boston.
2: Especially if some of those judges perhaps have a couple of drinks before the event starts, and they're just like, yeah, Boston. They didn't, won't even look, they wouldn't realize it's a Hawaiian guy fighting out of Las Vegas. But all the same, uh, I'm not impressed at Randy Costa. You talked about worst fighter in the UFC. It's not him. However, he is just such a strong argument for why the idea of UFC level does not exist. He's as regional show fighter as regional show fighter gets. He doesn't have a ton of experience. He turned pro literally one year ago. His pro debut here, Paul, happens in June of 2018. Okay, uh, he, he he's been fighting professionally for 16 months. He's in the UFC. He lost to Brandon Davis, who choked him out. That is, that is one of those fights in, said 16 months. And he's fighting in the UFC. Like, it just makes no sense. But Brandon Davis choked him out. Brandon Davis choked him out. That's what, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't that like is, he just bopped him from the feet. That is a
1: statement. Now, that is a statement that... You know, you probably never thought you'd say on this program.
2: No. And take it from me. I've watched a lot of amateur fights. And one thing that you always see in amateur fighters is that they're super antsy. There's a lot of energy. They get out there. It's almost like the difference between pro and amateur boxing, right? When you look at amateur boxing, a lot of movement. The guys are moving on the outside. They're using their jab. They're trying to score points. When you look at the pro rank, it's way slower. There's more of like a shoulder roll. There's more of a, you don't waste all that movement with the, with Basically, uh, with extra steps, that's how Randy Costa fights like an amateur. He goes out there and just tries to finish the fight as quick as humanly possible. So his pro debut, the guy's zero and four. He beats him in forty six seconds. His second fight, the guy's zero and zero. And I know Kenny Lewis, by the way, personally, he beats. Kenny Lewis by head kick in 11 seconds. He's now 2 and 0 as a pro and has less than a minute cage time. Then he meets Chris Thorne 5 and 9. He beats Rob Fuller 0 and 1. You were talking shit against Balbita's opposition saying essentially she's fighting debuting opponents. Randy yes. Costa has fought Less than that, he's fought in debutant opponents, and he's fought in opponents with egregiously bad, lopsided. I already records.
1: decided who is the worst UFC. No, fighter. no, no. Are no, you know. trying I mean, to? Are you trying I'm to get me that. to put a label on another fighter on not, the same card? I'm
2: not saying that. I'm just saying <sighs> he was to me why there's just so this I, This idea of let's say this guy got cut, okay, and you brought him into your promotion under the pretense of UFC veteran. It's a fucking sham. He shouldn't have been in there in the first place. But he was Joe Lozon's buddy. He's his student. He's 4-0 with four first-round finishes. Let's ride this kid. He doesn't got a gas tank. The problem with Davis is he didn't look bad for the first two or three minutes. Then he got tired, which is expected, because he's never been to this deep waters before. And this ain't even deep waters. This is just three, four minutes. Then he gets choked down in the second round after completely getting exhausted. Now he's going to come in against Boston Salmon. Salmon lost his last fight in 25 seconds against Taha, but... Would you want to get hit by Taha? Like, the guy is an absolute wrecking machine at 135. Like, he's just got massively heavy hands. He caught Boston Solomon. Say la vie. There's no discrediting Boston Solomon's striking abilities, and I'm not questioning his chin either. I think he's a way better technical boxer, and I think that's all he needs to get the win over, over uh Randy here is that he's just going to stay on the outside. Inside doesn't matter. He's just going to beat him, and as soon as Costa starts to get tired and uh, eventually gets... Gassed out, then I think maybe there's a chance that Boston Salmon puts him away. But at the very least, I'm more comfortable in the money line. Is it My- salmon
1: or salmon? You said both. I said I think it's salmon. I think it's it's salmon. What, I thought it was know, Josh I...
2: Salmon. Okay, okay, okay. I think it's salmon and salmon. And
1: I cited I, I his pricing wrong. So uh, Boston Salmon was nine thousand. He's yeah, nine thousand on DraftKings, but is the money line the same? Uh money line should be fine yes. So again,
2: -170 on the money line, I'm into that. The 9000 on DraftKings, I am not the boy into
1: Boy Randy Costa is 7200. So when people are like, "Hey, you had the price wrong." Um, uh, yeah, it was wrong on the page for sure.
2: Yeah, and I think it's some people say, "Hey, dude, Randy Costa punt play. He's finished four guys in under a minute." Boston salmon just got finished in 35 seconds. It's like you remember that analogy I said with the homeless people. Like there's levels of this shit. Boston salmon. Is, again, he trains on a day to day basis with far more than he should encounter come Friday. So I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Boston to get the win in Boston.
1: We got uh, Sean Brady taking on Court McGee. Sean Brady 9200 on DraftKings minus 225 favorite. Court McGee is seven thousand plus 185. Is Court McGee dust? I yeah, don't I, I, I like court betting Court McGee when it's at altitude more than I do about uh Yeah, when he's got yeah, when we're, he's at, we're at guys. we're at sea level now. It's just like I need to the only the only yeah. argument you can ever have for him is that like the guy's got good cardio, the guy's died like twice. You know he's gonna keep moving forward. Absolutely. He's true. gotta be able to be able to uh overcome his athletic deficiencies with cardio and pace. And uh I don't know enough about Sean Brady yet. What about uh what what's your take here?
2: Yeah, yeah. And when he's overcoming these guys with his own cardio, they also have to have suspect cardio. With his wins over Dominique Steele and Alex Garcia, both by decision. Yep. Don't exactly do a whole lot to I mean, inspire he, you. He's grinding on guys that get get gassed out after five or six minutes. Brady's making his debut. There's every reason to believe that maybe he gasses out under the bright 10 lights. 0. Like, he looks good, man. He looks yeah. like there's no such thing as UFC caliber. Like, he's a guy that did it the right way. He's 10 and 0. He won the CFFC championship. Yeah. He's fought in good guys. He trains out of a good gym with good training partners. They didn't rush this kid at 4 and 0. They didn't rush this kid at 6 and 0. Good. This guy earned it the hard way. And now, as a result, he's a fucking BJJ black belt, uh, under Daniel Gracie. He trains with Henzo, not full time, spends time out there what's there not to like and you know what he can kind of do it all and when we're talking about Kyle Bokniak he does it all not very good this kid's got decent wrestling he's got good grappling he's got good striking his ring IQ seems to check out he's a legitimate prospect do I think he'll ever get to the top 10 man that's a hell of a thing to put on somebody like top 10's tough, tough. I, I don't know but he'll he'll go a long way improving what he's capable of they're giving him a former ultimate fighter winner who's got a lot of fights in the UFC, who's got a bit of a name, I'll bite not to casuals, because he just never really got over with them. He's got a great story. You always say, I'll this bite. Is...
1: I'll bite.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I mispronounce a lot of words because I talk so fast. I I'm sure it. you've noticed. No, but yeah, I'll bite is one of them. We've only got like an hour and 10 minutes to squeeze in all these fights every week. I, know, it's all, I just get in all here be and I it. go. i That's why people are always like, Pull! Stop cutting him off. It's like, yo, you don't understand. You
1: know, actively, <laughs> you, you are right. <laughs> you I shouldn't have, have I shouldn't have cut you off in that spot. Carry on.
2: <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll,
1: I'll take the blame for that one. I just cut you off again.
2: Well, Sean uh, Brady is got a couple things going for him. He's he's better all around. He doesn't have the experience, but he's he's better all around. It's a great spot for him. He's from Pennsylvania. That ain't Boston, but at least it's kind of from that East Coast thing. I, I think he's going to be just all right. 225 is a good price tag. 9,200. I mean, yeah, Santiago Ponzanibio knocked out Corbin McGee, but we know how tough this guy is, and he's able to grind Top his fights guy. a lot of times to, like, real boring ass—not boring, but just, like, he knows how to slow down paces of his fights with his own style. So I, I'm not huge to run to the 9,200, but I think 225 is pretty good. And then last and finally, if for whatever reason— What For whatever reason, there's a good chance. Cormac Gee's gone to decision his last five fights. In fact, he's been decision in, I think, 12 of his last 13 fights. Good chance it goes to decision. If it goes to decision. You think they're not going to give the win to Brady in Boston? They love Brady. He's getting it for sure. They're not even going to look his name, Sean. Yeah. Brady. It's over, dog. Over. It is over. So, yeah, give me Sean Brady. 225 is good. You should have just
1: led with that. We didn't even have to talk about the fight. There's no way a guy named Brady loses.
2: No, in in fact, yeah. In fact, his gloves are going to be deflated. So, we're talking like (laughs) an ounce of padding on them shits. It's just like, oh, maybe give Court McGee. Oh, I'm just going to. Leave this here syringe here, and I'm just going to leave the room for 10 minutes while you warm up. You think he's still going to go to the fight? Nah, dog, he's not going to the fight. He's going to be in New Mexico in a basement apartment, and you ain't going to see him for 10 days. At the very least. So... Uh, you just got to buyers beware there, and uh, that's all I gotta say about
1: that. We got Kevin Holland taking on Brendan Allen. Kevin Holland eighty nine hundred or minus one sixty five favorite. Brendan Allen seventy three hundred and plus one forty five. Kevin Holland's always in like super sloppy wild fights, like that Mirsharif fight. They're fun, but they're very sloppy. They're very sloppy. Um, I don't have a good grasp on this fight yet. Do you?
2: Yeah, well, Brandon Allen and this guy, kid, I'd say is my boy. You know, on the LFA circuit, thought he was really good. Lost to Eric Anders back when Anders was supposed to be really good and he gave a good account of himself. Lost to Anthony Hernandez again for the LFA title. But you can see where this kid's going to be okay. And since then, four-fight winning streak looked good. He beat uh, Moses Mar- Marietta for the LFA title finally. Went five rounds. Cardio didn't look like it was an issue. Against Aaron Jeffrey. Aaron Jeffrey, we're very familiar with him, local Ontario guy. He diced him out of there, like, very fast. Uh, rear naked choke, three and a half minutes into the first round. I finally think, like, he is hitting a stride. He's a good grappler. He's got decent size for the division. He'll be okay. He's supposed to take on Eric Spicely. Fun enough fight. Spicely's also a grappler. Spicely showed against Wynn that, you know, maybe his durability is not a huge question. It'd be a fun fight for Brandon Allen to officially make his UFC debut. But I think one that he's going to win. Only Eric Spicely bails out and you get Kevin Holland on a week's notice. Kevin Holland's going to get tired regardless. And taking a fight on a week's notice doesn't seem great for him. The other issue is that he does like his striking, there's no power behind it. It's like flim flam bullshit. He throws like karate chops and like step in like I don't know, man, but I I just don't see it being super effective. His grappling, not that it's bad, but he relies on his opponent getting like that Gerald Mirchart fight. Mirchart's mm-hmm. a better grappler. Proved he was a better grappler. Uh, unfortunately, he got really tired really fast and then it turned into a sloppy fight. Kevin Holland's next fight against DC Chirico. He didn't, he should not have won that fight. There's more of an argument that he won the fight prior against, um, Gerald Mearshart. A lot of people don't think he won that fight. So, I mean... That fight sw- was so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, they're all they're all ridiculous. Yeah. But Alan's not like that. He's way more of a strategic tactician. I think he's got the cardio. I think he's got the grappling. And you know what? It's not like he's completely lost on his feet either. I think he could outstrike Kevin Holland, at least certainly long enough to get him down. And Kevin Holland, because he's so tall, you can control him against the cage. You can get him down. I expect Alan to do Ooh, that. So, so.
1: 7,300.
2: Yeah, Brandon Allen, he's plus 145. Listen, I can't, last week I took a whole lot of favorites and a lot of them did hit, but it's like, you know, no no riches for the cowards here. So we got to yep. get at least a couple dog plays that we feel okay about. And Sean Woodson, plus 115, it's not a great price tag. So take it for what it is. The other one, Jillian Robertson, plus 110, you know, it's pretty even money. I don't like her as much as I like um Woodson, by the way, but at least here's one I can get behind. Plus 145, that's real dog price, $7,300, good enough for me. Holland's tough to put away. But because this fight's got so much going on, yeah, maybe he gets a a decent decent score. So DK, I'm open to it because it's going to save me money. And the money line, I need a dog. Lord hates a coward.
1: And finally, we have a heavyweight tilt between Tanner the Hoser. I believe that was the nickname that we got for his uh, fight that was scrapped against Giacomo Lemos.
2: Wasn't it? Did they change his nickname?
1: I call No, I just call him. Oh, I call okay, him the hoser because okay. he's Canadian. I was like,
2: he's the bulldozer. I
1: know, he's the, t- the bulldozer. He's 8,600. He's taking on Daniel Spitz, who, like, people who have listened to this for a long time know how I feel, is uh, 7,600 and a plus 120. I'm not betting Spitz at any time. A heavyweight with, he's got re- like, he's got long reach, and that's about it. I don't see very much power behind any of these hands. Like, this guy's awful. Um, I did actually I think I I bet spitz against Anthony Hamilton, I believe. Of course you did. Because it's just like yeah, by people people like, happened. he's got no power. And I'm like, <laughs> I doesn't. agree. But you don't need any don't power. Need power. So you like I think pretend. that's the only time I was ever on I think that's the only time I've ever bet on him was that fight. Um all the other times I fade him. Um the guy's not very good. Bowser doesn't seem like anything special to me. I would lean towards him, but not a, not a fight I'm very particularly interested in, to be perfectly honest. I could see like a sloppy three-round heavyweight tilt going to decision here.
2: Yeah, this one's going three. Uh, I'm fairly positive it's going three. I think Bozer's going to get the win. I think his light kick game will just do enough to eventually slow down Spitz and do enough to get the decision. Yeah, Spitz is not a world-class talent. The fact that he's taken off a year and a half, a lot of guys, I'd be like, "Ooh, that's not good for him." But he, he this guy had a lot of growing to do, man. Like he was yeah, fairly fair young. Like I think when he left, he was like 27 years old. He's a former football player, and he's six foot seven with like an 80 plus inch reach. So I just don't think he quite figured it out. The fact he beat my boy Wesley Cabbage Carreras, <laughs> so right off the bat, I got a vendetta against him. But he lost to Mark Godbeard in his UFC debut. Mark Godbeard is also currently a bare knuckle boxing heavyweight champion. But I mean, like he soundly lost to Godbeard in a decision loss in his debut. Beats Anthony Hamilton, doesn't have power. It's only a second career knockout. But as you mentioned, it's Anthony Hamilton. And then Walt Harris knocks him out. Walt Harris took right about to the last bit of that second round, I believe, to knock him out. He took some shots against Harris. His chin's not terrible. He did get knocked out, but Harris is a huge power puncher. And Godbeard is really only a power puncher. Not a huge one, but is only a power puncher. His chin checked out. I think, you know, being six foot seven. You're gonna be have that Stefan Struve effect where guys clubby with the overhand, but I don't think his chin's that big of an issue. Flip side to that with Bozer, Bozer actually used to fight at two hundred five, even though he weighs in decent amount two fifty now, and he is filled out. He's not a massive heavyweight. He comes from a karate background. He moves. I think he moves well for a heavyweight. But it's just like it's a lot of one-and-done striking. He doesn't have a ton of power. He doesn't have a killer instinct. He doesn't actively pursue his opponent. But one thing he's got, he's got a killer leg kick game. He's one fights off his leg kick game. And at the very least, when nothing's happening in a fight and one guy just keeps kicking at your leg, you know, that's it just gets you a little decision victory. And that's kind of what Bozer has relied on for the majority.
1: Spits just throw jabs. Stuff right down the pipe because that's what you do against someone who's leg kicking you yeah, if you're that much bigger like
2: Spitz is what like six six six
1: seven like he's he's, he's six he's, foot he's, seven
2: and, yeah. and, and and flip side of that Bowser's six foot two Spitz has I think an eighty two inch reach there's no doubt about it the problem that is that tall.
1: when you watch this guy throw hands before you're like he he sure he probably has like yeah, good reach and stuff but it's like he doesn't look like he has the techniques yet all uh, all down to really uh, utilize that you know as his physical gifts.
2: Yeah, well, and again, maybe the time off allowed him to figure maybe. it out. I mean, he trains at that sick jitsu gym, and at the very least, they've had pint-sized not fighters. Not many people are there anymore, though. No, you're right. okay. Kessa's I- Chiesa gone. Chiesa left. I- Cecilia left. I think Juliana C- Pena. I believe C- C- she left.
1: Have, well, did, did any of them go back
2: or no? Let's just for the sake of argument, they're in and out
1: probably when they visit family and stuff like that. But like they do, oh, most they're of not the working
2: th- with them anyways. You got a featherweight and a thirty-five girl. Yeah, uh, what course. I'm saying is, is that what that gym has been able to do is take. A small sample of fighters and turn out good fighters. Yep. So maybe the time off is allowing to help this guy. Okay. However, when you're six foot seven, you're open to the leg kick, which is the only thing that Tanner Bozer seems to do really okay. well. So I think Bozer wins. I think Bozer wins the decision. The 8,600 complete pass, the minus 140. I don't even love it, but it's not a bad price tag. So that'll be the round off. Quick rundown for Poggy.
1: Give me, give me your uh give me your
2: your uh your parlay. Okay, so you need some dogs here. So, yeah, ah, we're going to go Reyes. And do I love that? No, but we're going to go with Reyes. I'm going to take, yeah, Rodriguez. Technically, he's the dog, but fuck that. We'll just say it's an even money fight. Uh, Greg Hardy, yeah, we're, we're going to take him. Don't like that price. Jonathan Pierce, we're going to take him. 150 not a bad price. We're... Gonna go with Macy Barber. Uh, you said I know. That you I know. I know. And, and I it. did. I did. And I will take Darren Wynn. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna go with Charles Rosa. That's gonna be my first official dog. I'll take Molly McCann. I'm gonna take Sean Woodson. That's my second dog. I'm gonna take Boston Salmon. I'm gonna take Sean Brady. I'm gonna take Brandon Allen. That's my third dog. And I'm gonna take Tanner Bozer. The, most, the, the ones that I most likely wanna pass on that are Steven Zier Rodriguez, maybe that main event. And that's about it. Three dogs. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get back on track. Rough,
1: rough, rough week last week, but I think there's some good spots here. Get on that win line. Like, I'm I'm hitting that. Uh, usually I wait until weigh ins and stuff, but I know what I'm going to see at weigh ins. I'm going to see win looking considerably smaller and shorter and a uh, weight class. Like, I don't know what I would actually gain from like watching a weigh in for that. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully we have a nice little bounce back week. Thank you to Cody Safdick breaking down the fights with me. As always, you have anything big coming up?
2: What is coming up? Um, In the
1: horse racing world. Yeah, I
2: got some MMA things coming up I can't actually discuss on air. But yeah, we got more cards coming up all the time, so you'll be able to tune into the show. And as far as the horse racing, uh, the season, like the steak season just ended. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm doing. This week I'm going to horse sales. Steak season? Maybe I'll shoot a video. We're going to auction. You mean
1: like, not like steak, like eating a steak. No, legal
2: in Ontario, totally fine in Quebec, but that's greasy shit, man. Oh, horse meat? Yeah, what the fuck? What I mean, is it that? worked,
1: it worked for for French uh for, for like Uber back in the day.
2: Yeah, and you know what's weird like, I'm half French and the it's it's a delicacy in France, but it's like nobody eats it here except in Quebec. Why? No good, untrusted Frenchman. Um, but yeah, yeah, no. Steak season is in like Cyrus Steaks, like it's it's got a steak on the line, like you're trying I to know, win you're trying to win series to get to a final. So we had a good year this year. But typically, what happens is after the end of the year, you sell your three-year-olds or keep them, whatever you want to do, and then go and buy another crop of babies. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Life. Big uh, things happen. Never stops, right?
1: All right. Well, that was our break. Oh yeah, by a quick quick reminder,
2: this fight card happens on Friday
1: night, which is kind of sweet. We haven't had Friday night fights in a
2: while. And Monday was a holiday for Canadians. You're not allowed to say the name anymore because it's offensive, apparently. But... Thanksgiving? Oh, Paul. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Corporate <laughs> sponsors. I had nothing to do with this guy. <laughs> the fuck you talking about, man? Oh, be ashamed if Christopher Columbus I discovered us. I mean,
1: I find it very, very, very funny that you are pointing this out after your, your, your Court McGee take.
2: You can only pick a juicy battle. <laughs> Maybe the junkie community is mad at Cody, but the Aboriginal community firmly behind my side.:
1: Yep. Anyway, that's uh, you know, UFC Fight Night Boston should be a fun card. Um, thank you to Cody Saptic, bringing down the fights with me as always. for Cody. I am Paul. saying goodbye and good luck. Experience. Experience.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?